Hey, bestie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your hype woman and host, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the glass ceiling breakers, the bold move makers, the best life living women in the making. This is the hottest place for empowerment, real conversation, inspiration, humor, and tools for you to up-level your life and make some bold moves in that main character energy. So now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey, besties, Amanda here. Welcome back. Well, I'm super excited, super pumped, because with me today, I have the hype woman, wellness pro, and keeping it real life coach straight out of Western Massachusetts, Angela Gentile. Angela is the founder of the mindful fitness brand Sweat Remix. And some of you may recognize Angela because I've had her on the show back when I was just a, a, an audio uh, podcast. But, you know, she's just so awesome and we vibe. I just had to have her on again. So, Angela, welcome back, girlfriend. How's it doing? I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Round two. Let's get it going. Yes. Let's, Let's get, get it, it going. going. <laughs> I wanted to start off by saying, uh, if people find you on the gram, you know, you're all about your brand of fitness and your Zen Rachel process, which is awesome. Um, but you're also a big advocate for breaking the mold in terms of, you know, what is expected of women in society, which I love so much. So I wanted to dabble into that a little bit today because I think for women listening, um, sometimes they think, you know, the wife and mom role is all that there is to life. And, you know, it's kind of like a generational thing that's been, you know, so graciously hand in, handed down to all of us. And, you know, th- that that wife and mom, you know, thing is, is their ceiling. And once they reach their ceiling, that's it. So, you know, let me know what made this such a, a strong message for you. Because that's not my life. You know, and I think representation matters, right? And and, and I just want to say, I, I'm a big fan. I'm not like, don't do that. That's stupid. That's dumb. If that's really what you're called to do, I implore you to go do whatever your heart and your soul guide you and, and are calling for you to do. And I think with that, there's not a lot of reciprocity outside of it. So when you live a life that is not you and me and baby make three, it you feel very othered. And I'm a woman in my forties who is single and child free and I love my life and I've curated my life to be this. And I think what ends up happening is that we don't champion enough of, does that work for you? Amazing. Let me support you. How can I help you? And like, we're just out here hyping each other up for, for choices because I think fam, like, okay, so let's 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 get into the like the the rules that like default op- operating system that we were all sort of passed down that from our parents and if we're all millennials roughly about the same age like we were raised by boomer parents and a lot of this operating system and a lot of these things and these ideals just culturally and anthropologically are based off of like what was happening at the time for survival and a lot of this ideas of, of marriage as and romantic partnerships as being like the cure-all, the end-all was because women didn't have agency and economic opportunity until like 1974. And we're still climbing that ladder for equity, right? So a lot of this ideas around being in partnership and being in marriage and having these things was a means of like survival because we as women were not able to open bank accounts. We weren't able to enter the workforce beyond like secretarial work. You know, we weren't able to earn an income and support ourselves. So I think 
in, in this generation and what I stand for is kind of busting through. And, and, and I'm very grateful to have had these opportunities to say, wait a second, what do I want my life to look like? Not what does it have to look like because someone before me gave me this default operating system and user manual and said that this is, has to be your life. I've never felt called to, to be a mom. Never. I, like the, like uh, the thought of pregnancy and uh, like, I can't, I can't. And I, but I love that for somebody else. Like I'm a, I'm an awesome auntie. Um, I'm, I'm an auntie Angela to all my friends, kids. And I, I love kids. I just don't think that that lifestyle fits me. And I want to just bring awareness to that. There are other options and you get to define your life and your choices and family and success, however you want. You know, so that's really where my standpoint comes from. And I think sharing my life as being a child-free woman in her 40s is more about just permission to open up the conversation. I love that, you know, and, and, and I totally resonate with the whole feeling, you know, the thought of being pregnant and having a child makes you want to vomit because I'm, I mean, I have two children now, but that's how I feel um, if I were to get pregnant. But, um, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, you are single, you know, no kids and I'm married. I got the whole, you know, two kids, husband thing going, but I, I totally support that. And I think, you know, like you said, we need to lift each other up. And I feel for a lot of women when they see somebody living that lifestyle of, hey, like marriage and kids are not for me, or maybe just kids are not for me. Or for some, like marriage is not for me, but may, hey, maybe I want to adopt a kid, whatever. You know, like, it's like, there's no, to, to me, I feel like some women look at that like it's not normal because it's not what they do. And it's it's really like what you said, it's it's breaking that that pattern that's been passed down to us and realizing that, you know, the whole dynamic kind of came from a time when women were powerless and were dependent on on men to to live and, and find a way, um, you know, while also being disempowered in having a certain role and only being able to accomplish that certain role. Like a lot of women back in the day were the, you know, the stay-at-home moms and that was pretty much all that was in the cards for them, you know, and, and women stepping out and wanting to get a job was kind of like, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's not your role. And, and it's just something that gets passed down. And to me, it's like, it's played out, you know, and, and I, for me, you know, I kind of, when I became a mom, that was kind of like my calling card to, which is like, I say it's like crazy because a lot of women are conditioned to thinking like motherhood is the ceiling, right? Like I became a mom. My life is complete. For me, it was like, holy, holy crap. Like my life is incomplete. And, it, you know, it, it's crazy to say that because, you know, here you, I had this little human and I'm, but I'm like, I know I'm meant for more than just this, you know, while I cherish and honored that little human that I created, like it was the first thing in my life that I think I've ever done right <laughs> and followed through with. But at the same time, I was like, there is more for me, you know? So like for those women who are like, you know, kids are not for me. That's what I mean. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that. I don't, I don't want to ever take away from a woman being like, like if you've been playing with dolls your whole life and you're like, I can't wait to be a mom. I can't like, I can't wait. I love that for you. I love that. You know? And I think whatever you choose, 
you know, you're having this revelation holding your baby and being a mother of like, I just, it's inspired you to do more. However you get there, whatever it is, I just implore anybody to really take inventory of their life to be like, is this for me? It, what, what else, what am I holding back? How can I be bigger? How can I be greater? And, and whatever that means to you, maybe it is in your role of parenting. Maybe it is defining your life outside of those roles that, that you have in other people's life, you know, whatever it is. I just think that we need to be able to support one another, whatever that is, just because you don't like broccoli. And I do doesn't mean that like, I have to force you to eat broccoli. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I just, if that worked for you, amazing. Great. Love that. Just Alexis Rose. I love that journey for you. Yes. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, so like, what do you say to somebody who, you know, when they know about your life and they're just like, oh, you know, like you get that vibe, like, oh, they feel badly for me. Yeah. Like, oh, I, look, like I, I get that all the time. See, that's like my stop. It is. It is. I get it from family, which is super fun, super fun. Um, but I guess that's also a generational thing too, right? Because the concept of what I'm doing was just so you know, unheard of and unfathomable in, in the seventies and eighties. And a lot of my mom's friends just can't comprehend. They're like, how's your little business? And they diminutize what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Because it is outside of the realm of what they understand. So I think, I think that's the key component. People can only understand you as far as they've met themselves. And if your perspective isn't grand and isn't great and, and you haven't allowed opportunity for people of other backgrounds, other ways of being, other belief sets to infiltrate your circle, then it's going to be very difficult for you to think outside of that box. So a lot of that, oh, you don't, you're not a mom. And it's like a lot of that is just a projection because it, it, it's, it's just not something that they've seen to be possible. And it's something that they don't want to learn. And that's fine. I don't, I like, again, it makes me sad because I think there's a lot that we could connect on. Like the human condition spans is a, is a, just that the bandwidth that we have to experience the human condition is grand. So if we're just looking at each other and isolating one another because of one choice, then that's a sad thing for me that we're missing out on opportunities to meet new peoples, to learn, to grow. But not everybody, not everybody thinks like that. And that's fine. You don't have to. So when I'm met with a lot of that opposition of like, mm, oh my God, I'm just like, okay, cool. Cause I also know like if there's, there's a teaching moment of just like, well, would you like to learn? Are you interested in learning? Or it's, it's a hard barrier that is not going to be penetrated and it will be a waste of my energy and and could cause harm to me and my well-being. So I think I I tend to just say, okay, cool. And just that's it. And let it be. I don't I don't need somebody's validation to validate my life choices because I love my life. You know what I'm saying? When people respond that way with <laughs> instead of asking the question, it's because you're like poking their their comfortable box. Like you're making them like take a look outside to what they've never experienced, you know? Cause like, yeah, and I and this is a generalization, but anybody who is it, I'm a disruptor, man. Like since since I was a kid, I was just like, why? 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 Like <laughs> I was that kid. So 
I think when I do poke the bear a little bit and I, I, I don't like limitations for anybody or anything. And I'm like, well, why are we doing that? And I think sometimes my lifestyle just merely by existing disrupts the status quo. So if you're not ready to have conversations about your own life of why did I make this choice? How did I get here? What do I really want? If you're just in like a spin cycle of wash, rinse, repeat, day-to-day checking boxes, then of course my just mere existence and the way that I show up is going to cause friction. It's not intentional. It's just like a complete mismatch of ideologies and values. Yep. Yep. Just like, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, when you get the comments about the little business, you know, I... I get the same thing. Like certain family, they're like, oh, how's that thing going? Like they can't even like put like a, a, a label on it because it's so outside of their realm of understanding. And, you know, to me, it's like take that extra step and have some consideration and respect for people who are doing things outside of the box of what you know. And instead of like belittling them, you know, like, question it. Ask questions instead of just, oh, that's nice. And, you know, you're left like, <laughs> you know, I don't question. Before I would question like, you know, it, is this is this weird? Like, am I doing the right thing with my life? It makes you feel othered. Yeah. Like, I know there's no other way for me. Like, I've, I've already been doing the thing and I'm sure you feel this too. Like, when you're in the moment, like, you know, teaching and and doing what it is that you do, like you just get filled up with so much joy and emotion and you were just like, this is it. I am in my jam, you know, and nobody, no matter what they say, is going to deter you from doing that, right? So it's like, you know, you just wish that people would just have that conversation, and which is why I wanted to have this episode, to bring the awareness, you know, if somebody's doing something that's outside of the box. Get curious, Get curious. Yeah. Be like, so how is life with new kids? Like one of my best friends is in her mid thirties. She's a few years younger than me, but she has no children. And I look at her, I live vicariously through her. Right now she is down the shore at a a bar that we always go to for President Steve's kegs with eggs. And girlfriend's been out there having her drinkies since nine this morning. Yeah. And I'm like, I am living vicariously through you right now, girlfriend. Instead, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to pick my children. And not to say that like what I'm doing is any less than what she's doing or what she's doing is any less than what I'm doing. Like we're just vibing in our lives. Yeah. 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 Because that curiosity is important. That curiosity of just like, oh, tell me like what that's like for you. Or, you know, and, and also welcome the same questions on the other end too. If I'm like, so why did you have kids? <laughs> You know, and I I think just, again, getting curious about your own life, that default operating system, that like user manual that was made in like 1927, like question that. Is that the way that feels right for you? And if it is, great. If you found a way in your life and a way of being with whatever choice you're making that works for you, hell yes, amazing. If it's something that you're like, I hate doing this, but I have to, those are the things. Anytime it's like I should or I have to or, oh, I don't know what else to do. That's where the growth can happen. And that's where there can be better alignment around living a lifestyle and making choices in your life that fully function for you, that come from your heart, from your soul. Not only is that going to make you feel better as a human, but it's also going to impact, have a greater impact positively around all the other relationships in your life. Yeah, you know, and it's, 
to bring it back to like breaking the mold with women too. Like, you know, kids aren't, I think too, not just, you know, putting the kids aside, having a woman who owns a business, I think is sometimes weird for some people to comprehend or, you know, like having a woman who is doing something of her own and, you know, it's sometimes an uncomfortable conversation for some people. Like I've seen that, you know, with the conversations that I've had with some people, you know, and, and, and I have my husband who supports me in everything that I do mentally, physically. We love him. Cheers to that. Snaps. Good job. You know, financially, he supports me in my endeavors. And, but, you know, there are women who are on their own and doing their thing. And sometimes people are like, oh, like, what is she doing? You know, like they, they think that's like weird and out of the box too. So it's like having that conversation again, that women can do all things, you know, and we do it well and we're good. We're great multitaskers, you know, and um, there are qualities that women have that I think it's important. I had this conversation with somebody else uh, not too long ago. I was on a podcast and he was like, what would you, what message would you give to men about women? And I was like, well, you know, just uh, be observant and be respectful because there are certain things that women bring to the table that men don't. And there are certain things that men bring to the table that women don't, you know, like women are known to be multitaskers. Men can't do that. But they're, the men, when men are focused on one thing, they're very good at that one thing. And I've seen this recently. I'm a good multitasker. But sometimes I get too multitasked to the point where I get like in a blender. Burns out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got to get back into my masculine. And like, yeah, that's not biological. Like, that's not like biological hardwiring when we're looking at like male and female, like hardwiring. Like men are like, we're that bigger species physically and hunting and like unilateral, like focus, like one thing at a time. Right. And women were like, protecting the young, looking out for predators. We were just constantly like on a swivel. So I think like there's some evolution and hardwiring that takes place like that. It doesn't mean that you can't train yourself to do either of those things, right? You know, but there is some sort of like, you know, again, if we like look at this biologically, culturally, anthropologically, and how that has evolved, you know, and I think women are now like sort of a paradigm shift of, well, I'm able to do more of those and, and being in your masculine energy. And, and, and I don't want to be like, this is man and this is woman. No, like think like that warrior, that doing energy, that is a, that's a very powerful energy. That's, that's where we feel powerful and agency and, and that's where we get stuff done. But anybody will be out of balance of that men and women. You need to have that like feminine healing, softer energy, that being, you know, and I think sometimes like we can get a little bit derailed. I know I can when I'm like, oh, why am I so tired? Why am I burnt out? Because I'm like operating on that like hustle, go get it, go get it. And I don't take enough time to just like rest. And, you know, it's like finding that balance and, and recognizing too that, you know, women can do the thing. You know, I feel like businesses are very male driven in society and it's like, hey, women can do the thing too. And they, we do it in our own way. And it's just as right. It's just as equal. Yeah, because I think a lot of our business operating systems and the way that we approach business is from a very patriarchal point of view. It is in a very like task-oriented hustle culture that your performance and your worth are co-connected. And I think as that can be really toxic 
if we do not like separate ourselves from the work and we don't separate ourselves from the doing and we allow ourselves to exist independently from the tasks, from the roles, from the things like I am enough simply because I breathe and I'm here and I exist, you know? So that can, that can lead to, that's like a whole other conversation. That can lead to like a lot of, we can go. That'll be a part two. Part three. <laughs> this will be part three, right? Oh, yeah, hey, that's right. Part, yeah, three. part three. You know, all right. So I uh, I want to further derail because I want to, yeah, I want to like have a little fun. Yeah, let's let's go on a crazy train. Um, I want to do like a little bit of a, because, you know, I kind of want to bring a, like fun, you know, and I don't want like these interviews to be like rinse and repeat, same thing over and over and over again. So, you know, we chat it. So now I kind of want to like go into a little game that I like to play, which I, I have, I, I like to play it with my friends, but, um, you know, I've never played it on here. So this will be the first time. Uh, so it's like a, would you rather? And I got these off of, uh, Pinterest. So let me take a gander and see which one. All right. So <laughs> some of them are kind of funny. Uh, would you rather not shower for a week or Brush your teeth for a week. Oh, not shower. Not shower? I would rather not shower. If I had to choose between like cleaning my body or my teeth, yeah, teeth. I'd clean the teeth. But like, what if you ate something that like stained your teeth? Oh, no, I would rather clean my teeth. Than- oh, you'd rather clean your teeth? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, did I not answer that okay. right? Yeah, I'll take, I'll be, I'll smell. I'll have body odor all week, but like the mouth being dirty. That's my thing. Yeah. I thought about that. Sometimes we miss a day or two. You know what I'm saying? A shower. Like I wash my, I wash my hair like once a week. Yeah. This is, this, has, this thing hasn't been washed and that's why I can like do this and it'll stay like that. We love that. Yeah. It's perfect. perfect. Yeah. 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 So um, teeth. Yeah. That's same both for are, me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I don't think I'll be able to deal with like a week of like fuzzy Oh, like your teeth are wearing sweaters. Like it's just, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, like a knit. No. (laughs) We don't want a knit blend on our... Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm fairly white. All right, let me see. Uh, Would you rather be chronically underdressed or chronically overdressed? Overdressed. Let's do it. Make a scene. Like there's no such thing as being overdressed. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, where am I going? I mean, I do try to... As long as the footwear is okay... You know, but I tend to wear sneakers with everything just because like who I can't with a high heel. Get out of here. Horrible. See, I'm a high heel girl. God, they're horrible for your feet. They can't, can't dance in them. I can't. So, yeah. I mean, my heel days are coming to an end because I've noticed like days like, you know, when I have a wedding or I did like a speaking event and I wore heels and it looked cute in my outfit. But the next day I was crippled, quite frankly. This, this is what I mean. Like I'll put them on for a picture. I brought slippers with me. I was like, listen, girls, it was like my first speaking event. I was like, I brought my smiley face slippers (laughs) because girlfriend's 36. Am I 36? I think I'm 37. Um, (laughs) I, you just can't wear the heel. There's like a time slot. Like heels are worn from, you know, wedding, cocktail hour, food, walk around, say hi. And then you're dancing in your bare feet or you bring a pair of shoes with you. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to my brother's wedding, you know, I had the heels on, I did the thing and I like walk into the reception with the Adidas box under my arm and people are like, what are you doing? I was like, you're all rookies. 
oh, you were rookies. Because <laughs> like, I got my dancing shoes up in here. So, yeah. And, you know, you know, speaking of that, if anyone's listening to this and designs, um, you know, bags for weddings for women to carry, you're also inexperienced uh, because there should be room in that bag for a pair of shoes. Or flip-flops or something. Yeah, I'm tired of carrying the little clutch. And quite honestly, what do you even fit in there? Nothing. I think we go on Shark Tank now because like I'm seeing, here's what I'm seeing, like a bowling bag where we like unzip the bottom and the shoes come out. So it can be a tiny one, but you could stack the shoes on top, right? I'm seeing this. Patent, TM, trademark. Yeah. All right. My wheels are going. All right. Let me say. Would you rather have everyone you know be able to read your thoughts or for everyone you know to have access to your internet history? Internet history. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm boring. I mean, what are they going to find? Like porn? Yeah, cool. Like who doesn't? So, yeah. So, but they're also going to be like, why were you, why were you in the same search? First of all, why did you Google this actor? Why did you Google this animal? Why did you Google, like, like it, it's literally like a, a, a chaos show up in my brain that doesn't really make any sense. So, like, I'll be, like, watching a show, and, I'll, and they'll say someone's name, and I'm like, who is that actor? What is he? What episode is this? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, my thoughts, those are mine. Those are mine, because I don't, they're not, <laughs> they're not always nice. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, but a part of me thinks, like, sometimes I wish people could see my thoughts because I have what we call RBF, and I can't say the B word on here, but I'm sure you all know what that means. And, you know, sometimes I'll be looking at people a certain way, but in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I love her outfit. Like, she looks amazing. Look at her go. Like, she just looks beautiful. But my face is like, like that. So, you know, or like my eyebrow, which I just was able, I was just able to get access back to my eyebrows because I got Botox and girlfriend, <laughs> girlfriend. Um, she went a little heavy. I told her I was very expressive with my eyebrows. They're like my signature. And I was paralyzed for a good two months. Yeah. And you know, like, um, listen, do what you want. It's your life. Live your life. If Botox is what you want to do, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm trying to turn back the time, like share because girlfriends starting to get like fine lines. It's hard. It's hard. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, who's that basset hound in the mirror? With my with my jowl hanging down, I haven't gotten Botox yet. I like I'm afraid. So, I just wanted a touch. I just wanted a little little touch, and I I was like this for a good. So now I'm I'm like starting to get them back. But yeah, that you know the RBF is real up in here. But you know if 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 people were to see my um my search history, it would probably things about me would make a lot of sense. <laughs> totally, totally to them. Yes. I also think like some of the thoughts that I have too would also be like equally ins- as insane. But yeah, my, I can't hide it. If I don't like something, it's yeah. all, it's all up in here. It's all up on my face. So like I'll be out sometimes and just like, if I'm not feeling the vibe, I just have a stank face on and people are like, you're not feeling this. I was like, nope, hate this, hate this. But like what I'm really thinking is like a, like I'm doing judgment roll call through <laughs> Yeah, I mean, either way, my face is just always like that. And sometimes, like, it fits the narrative. And my friends are like, fix your face. Fix your face. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, I have to like, I have to fake it. And then I'm like looking around like this with just like weird face. You know, it, I'm, it's a lose-lose. All right. One more. Let me say, would you rather work for a questionable job that makes a lot of money or a job that helps a lot of people but doesn't make much money? Helps a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, let me rephrase that. How long do I have to do the job that makes a lot of money? I, it's just like I a mean, life. It could be like a one time, like is selling this, feet picks and getting like, Oh, I don't mill. even think that. I don't even, that's an amazing <laughs> job. That is an amazing job. That is an amazing job. That's very true. I very much considered it. <laughs> yeah. Like drilling oil, like ruining the planet. Like how long would I, would I, could I make my money doing this for three months? And then do something good because now I'd have the capital to fund something good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because my heart, like, there's no way I could show up and, like, ruin the planet and harm people and, and all of that. Um, I'm also the worst employee. So working for anybody would not be an option. But maybe I do it for the money so that I could fund another project. But I don't know. Yeah, it's like Robin Hood. Yeah, I'd probably walk out of there, like, middle fingers up five seconds into the shift or whatever. <laughs> when am I getting paid? Yeah, I'm like, get what'd you here? say to me? I was like, what'd you say? You want me to do what? Nah. Like, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, helping people all, all the way. Yeah. Bleeding heart over here. Same. Because if I, first off, no one would like me because I walk in with my RBF and, you know, enemies from day one. But I would have to say the same. You know, I feel like heart-centered is better than financially. Because here's the thing. For anybody, because there could be people listening that are like, oh, I got a shitty job. Well, there, I just said the S word. I have a crappy job and I, you know, make good money, but I don't like what I do. But they stay with it because they make good money, right? And then it's like you see all of these like celebrities and, you know, whoever they are in life and they're like, they have everything that you in society things that you would want, you know, the house, the card, whatever, but they're like suffering with depression or this, that, and the other. And, you know, I think that goes to show like money isn't everything. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think sometimes we, we have, and I did it before I, I was an entrepreneur. Like I was making six figures, well over six figures, you know, and I was miserable, but I would like, I was afraid to leave the job because I needed the money to fund the things that I was doing outside of the job to make myself happy to compensate for being miserable 40 plus hours a week, right? So I would work this job so I would have the money to pay for like the massages, the dinners, the trips, the hair, the nails, the stuff, the stuff, you know? And then when I quit, I was making like a third, less than a third of that. And I made it work. I made it work. And I didn't need all the other stuff that was outside of me. I didn't need it because I was just joyful and like in present and, and loving what I did from the moment I got up until I went to bed. I wasn't like dredging having like panic attacks on the way to work. You know what I mean? So just, just a little, little something, little nugget for that, you know? Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, this has been fun. I had a great time. <laughs> it's been a great time. Thank you. I feel like we could just talk randomly for like hours. You know what I mean? We could. We could, and five-star episodes all throughout. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for listening. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Until next time, stay inspired. 
Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. Don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time, stay inspired.